Welcome back to the Gibaldi's Impact Series podcast, in which we share the experiences and inspirations of social entrepreneurs and change makers around the world in education. I am Macy, your host for today, and we're delighted to have Talia Nekta join us here as our honored guest from Gramming Shiksha Kendra, also known as GSK. GSK is an organization registered in 1995 with the goal of providing quality education to children around the Ranthambore National Park. They believe that schools are an extension of the community rather than a mere service provider. Hence, community involvement lies at the heart of all GSK's interventions. So let's welcome Talia Nekta again, and thank you for speaking with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having us today. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll go I'll go I'll introduce myself first. So I my name is Tali. I work in sort of fundraising communications with GSK. So I first came to GSK in 2016-2017 when I was a fellow through the American India Foundation, which offers a um, fellowship called the William J. Clinton Fellowship for Service in India, where you can, which places young Americans and young Indians with NGOs around India. So my placement was GSK, and um, during that time, I just grew really, really fond of GSK, and I went to grad school after that and then decided to come back. Um, Initially, when I was a fellow, I was working with them on designing sort of curriculum modules that Mm -hmm. focused on um, teaching the kids about local culture, but now I'm primarily working on fundraising and communications, and uh, I have Ekta with me, who will introduce herself too. Great. Thank you. Hi, this is Ekta, and Mm -hmm. I'm a postgraduate student from Azim Premji University. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's my second year in Grameen Shiksha Kendra now. Uh, during my first year, I taught English to the upper primary grades, and my second year was is into uh, working on English program and early childhood education. Right. Well, thank you guys for introducing yourselves. Um, now, can we go on? to um, talking about a little bit more about the organization that you guys are working on. So can you please tell us about the history of grabbing Shiksha Kendra and the community that you serve and what inspired the founding of GSK? Um, do you want to take that, Ekta? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so uh, earlier... The founders of the organization, they were working with the WWF, that is... World Wildlife Fund. World Wildlife Fund. Where's the foundation? The foundation. There we go. Because of the Rantambur National Park. Mm -hmm. So they had this project and once the project was completed and they had to wrap up, the community, they demanded like, you are leaving this place and there is no sustainability what will our future generation do so mm-hmm. think about them and come up with something mm-hmm. so the founders you know they sat together and came up with this idea because already there was no education in this area so they thought mm-hmm. that they will work on education <clears throat> and this is how they emerged with this idea on working on quality education Mm-hmm. And it all started from there. Right. So mm-hmm. they, were, they were having this community meeting in one of the village. And one of the member, he stood up and said, Ki, uh, we want something, we want you to do something for us and for the future generation. Because mm-hmm. there is no, you know, we can't always rely on agriculture. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. think about our children and what will they do in the coming times. 
So this is how the idea of working on education emerged. So our first school uh, was started in the year 2004 mm-hmm. and uh, the schools they are by the name of Uday Samudayik Patshala. Samudayik is basically the community-owned school, right? And why we say why we say that it's a community-owned school because they actually, you know, the I the the need emerged from the community. We didn't impose it on them. Yeah, yeah, and. Um and the idea, the, one of the things we really tried to do with the establishment of the school or what the founders really wanted to do was there was government education in the area, but it was mm-hmm. very limited and the quality was not good. And mm-hmm. one of the major issues that the community voiced was um, education was simply not child friendly. It was mm-hmm. rote memorization. There was very strong hierarchies in terms of teachers at times, you know, sort of being power figures, intimidating children, which sometimes resulted in children not coming to school. Mm-hmm. So not only were we kind of working with the community as well and having a program that was run by the community, but we really, the founders really wanted something that would address sort of the culture of education in the area and focus on learning through activity-based learning and learning in which teachers are mentors and not figures of authority as sort mm-hmm. of a way to really encourage critical thinking and encourage kids to attend schools and engage the community in the schools. Yeah, they were mostly single teacher schools around uh, the area, so it didn't mm-hmm. work worked out well. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, our founding members, you know, they are not from somewhere, but they are from the community only. Mm-hmm. So even our board of directors, they are from the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they understand everything like these are the ones who actually demanded for the education and they right. are still with mm-hmm. us from quite a long time now right so just to reiterate so gsk is founded um by the mission that um so a lot of government schools weren't really like efficient and weren't really um um friendly to the children that are studying there so gsk really wants to like change that culture of hierarchy, right? So that you guys, like, grassroots leaders founded this organization to address this issue. Yeah, and then the other thing that's really important to keep in mind mm-hmm. with sort of our location is we're right by the Rantambor National Park, which is mm-hmm. a huge tourist destination. Um, there's the Tiger Park. A lot's been changing for the lives of the communities living in that area because of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, there have sort of been ongoing relocations from the park. We actually work with some relocated communities. And so for those people, their lives are changing very rapidly. Mm-hmm. As an example, one of the communities we work with, um, really incredible community called Girajpura, they were pastoralists when they lived in the forest, which meant that they primarily kept buffalo. When they mm-hmm. were relocated, they had to switch to agriculture, which was a complete life change for them and has been very difficult. For, mm-hmm. So for a community like them, for them, education has been really important because they want their children to have opportunities. They want them to be able to um, have opportunities to move beyond agriculture and to sort of adjust to sort of the changing times because Rantambor, the area around Rantambor is shifting so rapidly. Right, and education is definitely a very sustainable way for um, definitely like future generations to like help sustain themselves, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. mostly gave priority to those students uh, who were denied by the government schools. So the mm-hmm. teachers who used to think that these students can't learn, you know, and they are they are from this community, so they are not obliged to study and and. So we took those children in our school. So mm-hmm. those children were preferred, mm-hmm. who were usually dropout students. So we mm-hmm. we take them. Yeah. So it's an alternative route for other students to like 
gain quality education as well. Yeah, definitely.、Mm-hmm. Like、to make them realize that the other person saying that you cannot learn, and you don't just to discard it. That actually you can learn. So right.、Mm-hmm. To make them feel that everyone can learn. It's、yeah. just that it's in your head. Mm-hmm. You are saying that, yeah, yeah, it's a、sure. yeah, hierarchy of thoughts that one has, you know,、mm-hmm. because you belong、mm-hmm. to a particular community or caste or、mm-hmm. gender. Yeah, you just can't learn, so we、yeah. just eradicate all that. Yeah, and I think that's really inspiring. So,、um, talking about like your mission and your founding, I'm also wondering, like,、um, like along this like ten, twenty years.、Um, Has there been any like challenges that you guys face in the field? Um, ek ta yunus address that first, or I can go. I mean, I think so. I can talk. Should I talk about the relocation?、Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of one of our early, we had an earlier iteration of the school in a village called Bodol, which was right near the forest.、Mm-hmm. So I think probably one of the challenges we faced is that community that we worked with. This was in the early 2000s. They were relocated.、Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was a matter of actually, basically, essentially shifting the school.、Mm-hmm. So when that community was relocated for several years, they didn't have a school, and then they actually came to us and said,、um, we. We want a school. The the nearest school is four kilometers away. It's just not feasible for the youngest children to travel that far every day because、right. this community doesn't、mm-hmm. have vehicles. So I think one of the things, one of the big challenges, I think, was sort of dealing with changes like that. You know,、mm-hmm. having to deal, figuring out. Okay, you know, there was a complete relocation of the community, and then the community itself has been facing a lot of challenges in、mm-hmm. terms of、um, sort of rebuilding since relocation. So that's one challenge we faced, I think.、Um, but one of the things that's amazing about that challenge is that this community is is. They're really change makers. Like to give you an example,、mm-hmm. whenever we get a donation to expand the school, we're working on expanding the school right now. What、mm-hmm. the community will do is so that we can optimize the money. Is they themselves will build the school room so that、mm-hmm. it costs less than hiring outside labor, or you know.、Um, The, and the parents are just incredibly involved in the children's education, and in terms of、mm-hmm. you know working with the teachers. So, in that sense, like there's there's been that's an example, I guess, of a child to work with. But it's also,、mm-hmm. I think, just personally, a really inspiring one because that community、right. has worked so hard to get their children educated. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely like transforming this challenge into a great way to like learn as an organization as a whole, and also like integrate the entire community into this、um, the effort into making GSK even more sustainable and more like accepting as well.、Uh, yeah, for sure.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. The,、uh, so the other challenge that was so when、uh, the first school was started in two thousand four. Uh, the practices that we started off was was with you know doing lot of dance and music with the children、mm-hmm. and the community was they had this、uh, set structure of you know education ki without books how can one learn、mm-hmm. and one one should have textbooks in their hand and notebooks in their hand and if children are not seen reading and writing then that is not education for them. So they used to say,、uh, like very early at the initial stage, ki.、Uh, so it was a challenge, challenging in a way. Ki they used to question teachers, ki this is not how one learns.、Mm-hmm. But gradually they realized, ki you know, this is the part of schooling. This is the part of、mm-hmm. real education.、Mm-hmm. Like one shouldn't be constrained to the four walls and then study.、Mm-hmm. 
yeah this was the challenge in terms of the pedagogical content mm-hmm. yeah for sure and thank you guys for sharing sharing these challenges um and on the flip side would you guys say that like um are there any opportunities that came your way and like um how did you take advantage of these opportunities Do you want to talk about Vishnuji and how he began working for free in the beginning? Ha uh-huh. ha. So, uh, uh, our academic coordinator Vishnu Gopal, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when he started uh, with working with schools, he actually uh, worked with the with the school and with the organization without mm-hmm. getting paid. Like it, it, it's kind of inspiration. Like you're not getting paid and you're still working for the community. and he had his own family mm-hmm. and everything but still he wanted to work for the community and there were times when we had financial crunch and everything and teachers actually worked for like 8 to 9 months without salary wow mm-hmm. so they they knew that the money will come and go but they have to stick to it stick mm-hmm. to the cause mm-hmm. and not just let it go Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it's also like paying off as well, like seeing seeing the children grow. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also one of the things that I think is really cool is we have um our girl, we have a really strong sports program right. and our mm-hmm. girls handball team. Mm-hmm. Um do you want to tell them a little about the girls handball team? <laughs> <laughs> so sports is like one of the major component of their schools, right? Mm-hmm. So we may focus on edu- uh, sports education a lot and it was basically started by our academic coordinator mr vishnu gopal mm-hmm. so we have a very strong team of handball and all the girls almost all the girls from uday jaganpura which is one of our oldest school like mm-hmm. each and every girl they have played at state level almost all the girls and uh almost 15 girls have played at the national level wow, handball yeah that's amazing yeah yeah and one of the girl uh, she has you know she has been an alumni now but, but uh, she has been the captain of the Rajasthan mm-hmm. state oh of the yeah. handball team wow yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's really cool so we have been you know gradually improving in sports a lot and Mm-hmm. They had an opportunity to travel through yeah. that, and um, mm-hmm. they're like they're amazing. We did a friendly match against like a private school a few years ago. I remember this so clearly. And mm-hmm. they were playing against girls who were like five, four or five years older than like significantly mm-hmm. older than them, and they won like thirty to zero. We were oh, like, Whoa. wow! <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You will see girls, you know, only stepping out of their house, mm-hmm. and like. It's a big exposure for them when they go go out of their village and when they see railway station for the first time and when they enter the train for the first time and they mm-hmm. you know do a journey on a train for the first time so mm-hmm. the, these first time experiences are you know lifelong for them now I guess right yeah for sure yeah it's like education is not only like bounded like within the classrooms but it's also about like you know sports and also um being able to travel around and all the other experiences that you gain as well yeah right. so that's that's really cool the, mm-hmm. the mental blocks that they have inside their head key mm-hmm. what will people think what will our parents say how will we go yeah that shyness i think mm-hmm. they have it has been removed 
not yeah. completely mm-hmm. but yeah to an extent yeah and especially like tackling the like stereotype of like you know girls being really good at sports so i think that's like really really amazing of what what they're doing yeah yeah and now they are you know doing further studies in and the sports academy only mm-hmm. so they want to play at international level now so they are mm-hmm. working hard now wow yeah that's amazing that's really cool um thanks yeah um so let's transition a little bit to about like some specific projects that you guys worked on in the past and remember from reading um your website as well i'm learning about how you um measure the impact of these projects like both quantitatively and qualitatively so what would you guys say are ways like what projects that you've worked on on also like how um like how much of an impact that these projects had so we can so we basically have our two flagship programs which are mm-hmm. there are Udai community schools and our Vistar schools and our Udai community schools are sort of what we were just discussing and so those um, schools there's three of them so they impact 400 students and i think one of the ways we're able to measure the impact is we're able to see how our kids perform on board exams mm-hmm. so our kids actually perform significantly better than government school students so we've mm-hmm. been pleased to see that and then we've also been able to do um You might be familiar with the NGO um Pratham which is a very prominent Indian education NGO so they have a research unit or uh, sort of a subsidiary or partner called Asar which provides really great evaluation tools so we're able to um we were able to like very easily assess kids um kids learning levels in terms of like math and reading and writing to assess you know our kids on track um then we have our vistar program which is our science program or sorry not science program our expansion program where we send sort of our teachers to various government schools to provide academic support and support in community engagement and then in addition to that those are sort of like our two primary programs we've had a few other programs um one that was really successful was called umang which was a adolescent girls empowerment program and uh ekta Did you want to talk about it or should I talk about it? Okay. So in Vistar program, shall I mention? Oh, uh, yeah, you can Vistar. So uh, in Vistar we actually uh, uh whatever we practice in our model resource schools, we forward it to the government schools, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we work with 70 government schools in our Vistar program. And uh, the other program that Tali is talking about among we worked with adolescent girls 36 adolescent girls were there in the program from the nearby villages and they were in ninth standard when we did this program and why ninth standard because after 10th there is a huge dropout of girls but the, mm-hmm. the data shows that you know they don't continue their education Mm-hmm. for different reasons either they get married or just because they don't score well the parents think that you know mm-hmm. or even they think that they can't study anymore mm-hmm. so we worked with 36 girls uh and they were in ninth standard when we worked with them and we worked on three subjects english mathematics and science mm-hmm. and the other aspect of it was life skills education mm-hmm. and uh so uh yeah it was we could see a tremendous impact on girls like we could you could actually it was a visible impact like the girls were quite confident and 
they knew what they wanted to do in the coming mm-hmm. years they didn't want to you know discontinue their education mm-hmm. and matlab importantly they were able to realize ki why what they want to do in life apart mm-hmm. from getting married and having kids mm-hmm. so yeah and sorry can i just add really fast yeah, yeah one of the things that was really cool to see during the year that the during our pilot year with that program was um in the beginning the girls were so shy and quiet i remember um mohini who was the woman who worked with them on life skills one day asked them to draw self portraits of themselves as an activity and they were like so shy that they just drew sort of pictures of landscape and things like that and by the end of the year like you you wouldn't believe it like they were so you know talkative and loud and like and mm-hmm. he's just very confident incredible young mm-hmm. girls and it was just like really cool to see them grow like that mm-hmm. um yeah also the learning levels also increased and all of them you know passed their 10th board examinations with good marks mm-hmm. and now they are continuing their education mm-hmm. so everyone they are in 12th standard now yeah yeah that's that must be awesome to see them grow like both academically and also like personally as well and i find it really interesting that you guys also have like um a life skill education program as well and i think that's really important too so it was an after school program so after studying in school they used to come to the center for 3 hours so like which is a huge thing because during mm-hmm. even in the harvest season you will find all the families in the farm but they were like no we want to study and mm-hmm. we come back only you know we'll join our family in the farm only after we Uh, after 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 the after the course go after the goats yeah right yeah and that's amazing and what would you say is your proudest accomplishment um i mean so Anna, just thinking about GSK and what I think makes us a really special organization is I think mm-hmm. the emphasis on community. It's mm-hmm. really not just about people from outside coming in and saying, "Okay, mm-hmm. this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to change in the community." It's really about change driven from within and leadership coming from within the community. The community mm-hmm. says, "This is what we need. This is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. This is how we can drive quality education." Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really grassroots development. And I think mm-hmm. for an NGO, that's just really an incredible accomplishment and really important because i think development should be driven at a local level. Yeah, yeah because the community knows the best about the community of course. Yeah, absolutely. So it, you will find parents in the school mm-hmm. they'll they'll sit in the class and they'll see what their child is doing, how the mm-hmm. teacher is teaching. So they'll question and they'll reflect on the different ways in how we function as a school mm-hmm. and i think what's really important there too is that most of our students are first generation learners and so it's really important that the parents be involved because we don't want people to think oh just because i'm not educated i can't be involved in my child's education or i can't mm-hmm. drive change of course of course you can and you know there are different forms of education and um so i think that's also a, a why it's so fantastic that the community is so involved Right. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that too. Um so the parents are involved, the community is involved and like the focus is really on like the children education, which I think is really important as well. Um yeah, so like this I have a really hard question. Um 
And it's about how, like, whether there is anything that you'd like to change about your organization, if any. Like, it's okay if there isn't, but, like, um, what would you say is, like, one thing that you would like to change? Um, I have, can I? <laughs> so, I think one of the things that we struggle with is we are working in a fairly rural area. And so it's often very hard to get access to certain resources and access to certain skills and training for staff. I think if I could change anything about GSK, it would be that we could have, have better access basically to those things. I think, you know,、mm-hmm. for example, most of、um, we have people like Ekta who are amazing and she runs the English program, but we have a very limited number of people who can actually teach English,、mm-hmm. which is, you know,、um, A key component of education in the Indian education system.、Um, you know, or for example, when we're developing MNE programs in terms of bringing someone in to create an MNE program and train people, and we do have and, and sort of bring in. The skills that we need, like at a local level,、mm-hmm. that's something we sometimes have a hard time getting. So, like, I think for me, just on a personal note, if I could change anything about GSK, it would just be access to those resources. It's really hard、mm-hmm. to work、mm-hmm. in a rural area, like in that sense.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of the less accessibility, you know, we just can't hold people. Like, there is a lot of retention.、Mm-hmm. At res- uh, there's a high turnover rate with people、high、who、that. come from outside of the.、Oh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. From urban areas, yeah. Though they are actually doing a great thing, but they don't want to stay here for long just because of you know, the resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I see this as like a pretty big challenge for like many like grassroots organizations as well. For like, you know, having like volunteers come in and having them like stay in the organization as well. And I think, yeah, it, it for sure is a. Is a big challenge. And are you guys taking any like steps into like confronting and trying to overcome, like trying to retain people better or like trying to get more volunteers come over? Yeah, in terms of volunteer thing, we are actually doing. Yeah, we're so we we regularly apply for various fellowships. So I actually came through the American India Foundation Fellowship.、Mm-hmm. So that's one way we've been getting people in.、Um, we're also looking to figure out ways to engage tourists.、Mm-hmm. I think what's really important when when people come from outside of the community is that. It's not necessarily critical that they stay for like five, ten years, but more so that like whatever skills they impart become sustainable. So, like, what people coming from outside can do is they can train local people in the skills that they have.、Mm-hmm. So, I think that's really what we need to focus on to address that.、Uh, Ita, do you have any thoughts on that? No, no, it's a great idea. <laughs> also, we have students coming from different universities and interning with us for、mm-hmm. two months or three months,、mm-hmm. which is actually helpful. Like they can, they do action research and small research, which helps us, you know,、mm-hmm. uh, making our programs strong. Yeah. Because someone coming from outside, they see things differently, and which actually helps us.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and for、uh, any listeners like from our podcast, like. Um, what would be a good way to like get in touch with you guys if they are interested in volunteering or helping out?、Um, so you can go to our. So there's two ways. You can go to our website at gramingshikshakendra.org.in, and our、mm-hmm. contact information is there. If anyone wants to reach out directly to me,、um, I'm happy to share my email. My last name is kind of a pain to spell out. It's <laughs> Tali.、Mm-hmm. .skuskiagramandshiksha.org.in, but I think you have my email address, right? Right. Yeah.、Um, 
Yeah, so always happy to share that. Like, we're always really happy to have volunteers and people can come for, like, a week or two or they can come for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you, you can get in touch with, I think, me because I kind of have been coordinating that a bit and, and we can mm-hmm. move forward <laughs> if anyone's interested. All right, yeah, that's great. And I think that's a good note to end on. So thank you, Tali and Nectar again. Thank you for speaking with us today. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys have a good day. Yeah, thank you so much. Everything. Givology is an awesome organization. Thank you, and thank you for listening to this week's Givology's Impact Series podcast.